Hello, hello, welcome, as always, to the Seven After Podcast, your favorite latecomers, Divi Chat. How is everybody this week? Hope you're having an awesome week so far. It's pretty early, unless you're in Australia, in which case it's hump day. Um, I am coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the eastern United States, and we're going to talk about where each of us are located. We always sort of mention it occasionally. Yeah, sometimes we mention it, sometimes we don't. But today what we're going to talk about is not so much where we are, but where our teams are, and maybe even where our customers are. Because who knew you were an international man of mystery? You know, did you just wake up one day and realize like, oh my gosh, my staff, my people, my team is all in different continents. Like, isn't that bonkers? It's so cool. And I'm so proud of you guys for getting to that point. But it's not always easy. There's a lot of challenges. And um, uh, Eric and Tim, my co-hosts today, they've been doing this for a while. I've got um, a dispersed team as well. So we're going to share some tips on how to maximize having a global team to make the most of it and uh, talk a little bit about the pros and the cons. So like I mentioned, uh, I'm coming at you from the southeastern United States and eastern time zone. It's 5 p.m. here, 5.08 now p.m. here. And my name is Stephanie Hudson, and I am repping Focus WP as always, where we help uh, freelancers and, and agencies to scale their businesses by using our outsourced white label services. We got a bunch of them, development, design, copywriting, video, SEO, SEO now. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, and... A couple other ones too. You can check us out at focusrvp.co or come join us in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. And now let's uh, just take it away, Eric. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, like Stephanie said, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, I am currently in Istanbul, uh, in Turkey. So uh, checking out the Middle East here. We are over here, I, my wife and I and our four kids. Uh, we're going to be here for five more weeks and then we're going to be traveling all through uh europe um so yeah that's where i'm at and i own two uh digital marketing agencies um we use divi exclusively in both and i can be found at diviagencycoach.com awesome Hey everyone, Tim Streifler here, and I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California, where it is currently 2.10 p.m. I don't usually tell the time, but Stephanie did, so I was inspired. And uh, you can find it's me online. It's relevant today. It's it is relevant. relevant today, absolutely. Uh, you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, tutorials, courses, all the like. And uh, yeah, great topic, super exciting. Uh, before we dive in, I have one little funny thing to say uh, with having a global team and running a global business and stuff. I joke with my wife that one of these days I'm going to get a knock on the door from the FBI because they're going to be wondering why I'm sending so many payments to South America and the Middle East <laughs> and um, wonder if I'm up to, you know, some drug trafficking or, or something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, the actually the fact that I don't is purely because they can just see everything anyways and they know that I'm not doing anything shady. So, <laughs> uh, Eric, did you say what time it was where you are, I, by the way? I I didn't. I didn't. It I kind of set you uh, up for that. Like, nobody really cares what time it is in California. I know. That's okay. It, it is it is one eleven in the morning. So 1 a.m. Uh, here in Istanbul. But out around, you, you can't hear it, um, but... 
we are in a culture that is very much a night culture. So it's really interesting, like around 11 p.m. is where you start hearing all of the kids outside in the streets playing and having a good time, having snowball fights. It's it's crazy, but wow. it's just a, it's a nighttime culture, even for the kids. So it's kind of cool. Um, our, kids, our kids are in bed. <laughs> like little kids or teenagers? Oh, you know, little kids, like elementary school oh. age kids. Yeah. So it's fascinating. So that's so interesting. So um, let's talk for a minute about the teams that you guys have. Who do you have on your teams? And, and by teams, I mean, we can use this very loosely. This doesn't mean it has to be an employee, but people that you work with regularly to implement your projects. Let's just sort of not to steal Tim's definition slot, but I don't, do we need to define anything today? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, Trust me, I love how, defining. So if there's something to define, I, know. Then I would do it. <laughs> All over it. All over it. So uh, why don't you guys just talk about who, who you have that you work with that are, that are in different um, different places? Yeah, anyway, I'll go first if that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I guess let me take a, a quick step back. But I had a typical web design business um, I, building websites since 2011. And um, I was doing it part-time, then I transitioned to full-time, and then I started creating Divi products kind of as a side thing. And then that quickly became my full-time focus. So my first um, employee, uh, Shafak, uh, she's from Pakistan, but lives in hey, what? Dubai. Okay. Uh, what? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, she's from Pakistan, but lives in Dubai. And Shafak has been with me since 2016. And she's amazing. If anyone has ever opened a support ticket, she's awesome. Um, so she was the first full-time employee. Um, and then I'm just going to go by departments. I won't go in order because I can't remember exactly who was hired when. But And then also Carlos is also in support, who's also happens to be one of our moderators here uh, in Divi Chats, if you're watching live. Shout out for Carlito. Yeah, so Carlos is awesome. Uh, he's been with us for how long has it been, Carlos? Over two years now? Time flies. Um, but yeah, Carlos is awesome. And then I have um, a design full-time designer in Bangladesh and then um, three full-time developers, uh, one in Argentina, one in Pakistan, and then one, um, I guess he's technically part-time, but I consider him uh, part of the team. He's in Montenegro, which is in Europe. Oh, um, cool. So, yeah. And then I have uh, a couple. So those are what I'd consider like team members and then obviously various other contractors from time to time. Um, but yeah, that's that's Divi Life in a nutshell. Um, so, yeah, love it. It's amazing being able to you work have... with people all over the world is so much fun uh, and getting to learn about different cultures and stuff. And my employees are like family. And so, you know, mm -hmm. so many of them have been with me or all of them have been with me for uh, over two years now. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Sorry, go ahead, Steph. What was your question? I'm just guess, do you have any folks in the U.S.? Um, no full-time team members in the U.S., but a designer, uh, part-time contract, you know, when I need them type of thing. And then, yeah. I'd say, yeah, he's the only U.S. Oh, 
How about you, Eric? What's your lineup? So, yeah, so I have a handful of freelancers that we work with. Uh, so Christian is in Brazil and does uh, advanced troubleshooting development uh, work for us. Uh, so we've got uh, Christian. Um, I do have a VA that's U.S. based. So Cam is uh, in the U.S. Um, and then I have a UX UI designer. Uh, Max uh, is in the Ukraine and he does all design mock-ups. Uh, so we've got Max there. And then uh, we've got a, a WooCommerce expert, uh, Noel, uh, in South Africa that we uh, bring on board from project to project when we have advanced WooCommerce uh, things. Um, and then we've got another uh, developer that's a freelancer, uh, Richard in the Czech Republic. And then we have a full-time, um, our actual only full-time employee is Peter, and he's in Bulgaria, and his wife, Polina, does SEO work uh, for us. And in fact, in the last, the end of February, uh, near the near the end of February, we are actually flying uh, Peter and Polina from Bulgaria here to Istanbul, and we're going to have our first ever company retreat with all the employees. Um, we we can't bring in all the freelancers; that would be amazing, but we just don't have the budget for that. Um, but yeah, so that's the team. That's awesome. Awesome, I love it. Yeah. I yeah. have. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say the retreat sounds amazing. I, I plan to do that when we eventually have the Divi conference is, is bring my whole team in. Uh, hopefully it's in California and then it'll be even easier. But yeah, looking forward to meeting everyone in person. Um, yeah. I have, so I have my two businesses, as you guys know, I do a Focus WP, but I also have an agency, Sweet Tea Marketing. And um, with Sweet Tea, my assistant is in Tennessee, which is an hour behind me it's an hour difference in time uh very similar culture though so that's not really an issue also mm -hmm. uh i have a project manager who lives in the uk and so that's five she's five hours later so anytime we have just regular old our daily meetings we're covering six hours worth of time zones and um and then we've got we use the focus wp team for our fulfillment and we've got folks literally all over the globe, the developers, the designers, everybody's all over the place as well. Similar to you guys, um, a lot of those same um, locations and some in the US as well. So there, it really is all over. And it's not like, so there's all of this. And then when we have our little uh, Thursday night Zooms in my Facebook group too, it's so fun to look and see how many different countries are represented. So not only like the staff that we're working with, um, and maybe our customers, you know, like I've got customers in the UK, I've got customers in Australia and we go and we, we look and we see this little network of colleagues as well that are literally global. And, you know, this, the time that we choose for Divi chat is actually based on that because this is one of those times that is super inconvenient for Eastern Europe. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, but, uh, and, and certain places like Pakistan and stuff, but a huge amount of the world is up at this particular time. So there's no one hour that everybody's awake, but it's, um, 
you know, on the early side of things for Tim, two in the afternoon, all the way till uh, 10 o'clock in the UK when Mike is on. And then it's, you know, depending on um, daylight savings and things for the Aussies, when Sarah's here, it's uh, seven, eight or nine o'clock in the morning. So we span from, you know, 7 a.m. till about 10 p.m. just on the panelists of this show. And so, you know, we really, there's a, there's so much to consider when you're dealing with just time zones alone. Uh, do you guys have any tips for the audience as far as um, how you how you deal with that, how you, you, how you prevent calendar mix-ups and stuff? Because it's so easy for that to happen. Um, yeah. So with my support team, they're really the only ones that need to work consistent hours to cover support, obviously. But like as far as designers and developers go, I don't for you know these are my uh team members that i'm paying you know full-time salaries and stuff i don't care when they work exactly um and they don't have to work the same time every day because i realize they're in a, a different time zone and they have families and stuff um all i care about is to get the work done um but then obviously there's a deadline so i guess to answer your question stephanie um when i set up deadlines in like asana for example um it's set to the business time which even though i'm in california now technically my business on paper is still uh in texas which is central time um and so everything is kind of going off of that and so i expect things to be done by those deadlines on central u.s time zone however i don't care really when they work to get, accomplish those things and it's like the longer you work with someone you know maybe in the beginning you kind of have to establish like some processes to make sure that you're online at the same time to communicate and stuff because while i don't care when people work exactly i do need windows little pockets of time where we can discuss things um the good thing though is that like uh my designer a lot of times will send me stuff when i'm not like technically working but i'm not actually asleep either and that's fine like i'm i'm not like i generally do work set hours and i try not to work outside of those hours but the exceptions are things like reviewing design mockups and stuff like that, where I can, from my phone, he sends them to me in Slack. I can quickly go in the Slack app and, and look at things and then give feedback there. You know, it takes me just a couple of minutes of time and stuff. And so um, I guess all that to say, even though you're the one paying the paycheck, the, you know, the invoice, whatever, um, I think when you are uh, hiring from outside your own time zone, like the flexibility needs to go both ways. And so you need to, you know, be flexible um, to, to their schedules and stuff and, and be willing, you know, there's times where I've woken up really early to have a meeting um, with someone outside my time zone. Um, and that's just kind of, I think comes with the territory. You can't expect everyone to bow down to your time zone. <laughs> I don't do early. I don't do early. Yeah. That's not really my, my jam. I don't do I'll late. stay up late. Yeah, I'll stay up late. But um, but I, I think I do something similar to you, Tim, where I, like, even when I'm hiring, I will usually say I don't care where you live or what you look like or whatever. All I care about is that you can overlap with me for a minimum of three to four hours per day. So you can, I don't care which of those three or four hours you overlap with, but you've got to, we've got to have some time where we're the same. And as much as I want to accommodate others, as a part of my personality type and, you know, things like that. I, I also, I 
if I've got a whole team, I can't accommodate every single member of the team. So totally. you have to kind of default to like you do, like this is the business's time. And I'll, I'll catch myself sometimes like talking to my assistants or, or you know, whoever saying like, uh, do you want to meet at uh, four o'clock or, and it, it was this whole thing. It was always like my time or your time, you know, is that four o'clock my time or for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it gets too confusing. So as much as, again, it's a little bit out of my nature because it seems almost rude to be like, no, it's on my time. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's just a standardization. It's not being rude. It's just, you have to start talking in a certain time zone. Now that's for internal. If I'm dealing with clients that are in different time zones, which I have a lot of that as well, I default to their time zone. That's what we talk about. So as just a rule of thumb, that's a real nice and easy thing to sort of implement in general to minimize a lot of those confusions. Um, and somebody posted um, actually on our Facebook page on the, the notification about this, um, the show tonight, that they have a, um, a great link they just found for sharing time zones. And there's several of them out there. I don't have that one right in front of me. If somebody has it, you can... Um, share it maybe again but uh that's it's nice to do that too especially if you've got some new folks or if you're dealing with a lot of people we had recently we've got a project going on with sweet tea that is um some folks in california but they also there are starting a business in arizona opening a brewery in arizona which is sometimes a different time zone and sometimes not because arizona doesn't do daylight savings and so it's like it's Arizona and then some in Denver, which is mountain time, my assistant in central, me in Eastern and my project manager. And it was nuts trying to get like six adults that are all in different time zones to agree on a time. So um, it is nice to have one of those links where you can send it out. And I've also found I don't know what you guys use, but the things like Calendly and stuff, they they show the person who's looking at it. They show the times in their time zone. Yeah, so using those cool. tools is hugely beneficial. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just, if I need something really quick for converting a time zone, I'll just do it into, type it into Google. And so like, for example, I just typed in 6 p.m. is simple time, and it tells me that that's 7 a.m. Uh, my time. So, because um, 11 hour difference. So that that's helpful for like, if you just need to convert one time zone to another. Mm -hmm. so it's built right into Google. Yeah, yeah. Ask Alexa. And I, I keep, <laughs> Yeah, I keep several um, in my on my phone in the clock. clock. You know, you yeah. can you yeah in the world clock. I, I just have several of those so I can look at a quick glance. But I've really moved to embracing asynchronous communication with my team. Um, Love it. And then if we do need to get together to talk about something, then I have a scheduler link, and we go based upon when my schedule is. Um, You're the boss. And yeah, and I, and I, but I have to adjust it for clients. So right now, mm -hmm. clients can schedule times to meet with me, but it's from like five to 9 p.m. my time. Well, that's because it's early, you know, it's morning there, and that just works for client. I mean, that's our clients are our bosses. So we kind of are going to work mm -hmm. on their time. Um, but yeah, I would I would just say I have just really embraced asynchronous um, uh, communication with the, the team. So I don't anticipate or expect ever an immediate reply. Yeah. I know you have some yeah. cool tools you use for that too, Eric. Why don't you share a little bit about how you're using uh, like Marco Polo, for example? 
So yeah, we have experimented with Marco Polo um, and that is working uh, well. We're having fun with that. Um, I don't know if we'll continue using it, but uh, if anybody has used Marco Polo, it's like texting, but with chat, it's kind of great. Um, like video or audio? It's video, right? It's video, it's video, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really, really great. Um, and you can decide when you get notifications and you know, when you reply and I don't expect it to be, I don't, I just don't have an expectation for instant reply. I have, uh, I have a use WhatsApp then. So for the, the, my team, my employees that need to be able to get a hold of me, maybe like Peter, Peter can get a hold of me 24 seven, um, you know, through, through WhatsApp and so can Cam, but that's it. Nobody else can. Um, and so I'm available. Like they have that. the bat phone. Um, they have the bat. They phone have the bat you. phone. Yeah, yeah. Because Peter's got one Peter gets on support it, requests now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of convenient. Um, and I make, I have my nine year old carry it. So I never know what advice they're getting, but somebody answers. So it's good. Uh, yeah. So and then primarily base camp right now. I'm not thrilled with base camp, but I have a solid pause on changing any tools until we get a few other business levels um, addressed. Um, but for right now we use Basecamp. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I use Slack and I kind of have the same thing with asynchronous uh, communication. For most things, I don't expect instant replies, but it, a lot of times if I see, you know, my developers replying to something I'd said, you know, six hours before and I'm available, then I'll jump in and we'll, you know, uh, yeah. communicate back and forth. Um, and on that note, I am anti-meeting. So like, I hate meetings, like internal meetings with teams. I realize with clients and stuff, you have to do meetings, but, um, with my team members, I, I don't do meetings. Carlos can attest to this. Carlos has been with the business for, um, almost three years. And I think we've done like two two video chat meetings. Everything I do is is through Slack, which is our, our primary uh, communication tool. And that's just the way I like to do things. And I don't, th I don't think that meetings really accomplish a lot. Um, and yeah, so I know some people, they're like meetings all day long, like uh, David Blackman, uh, a colleague, uh, former Divi chat panelist. Uh, he's my partner over at WP Gears. He's old school. He runs his team through meetings and and so he'll be like oh I, I just got off like four hours worth of meetings and i'm like oh my gosh that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, yeah. so i think that comes down to just kind of personality type how how you like to work that sort of thing but for me meetings just aren't productive and i can accomplish way more through text-based communication uh with managing my team and that sort of thing so um yeah we we I think use a lot Loom of that is lot. personality based right totally yeah right? yeah because for me, I and, do and, that, and it could be generational too, right? So, like, uh -huh, I've sure. I've grown You're up such with a millennial, Tim. With, yeah, with text messaging, <laughs> um, with uh, you know, chat apps and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm just going to bring up David again, David, if you're watching, I'm not throwing you under the bus, but David, um, he, his, with his background in sales, everything is pick up the phone and call, right? And and, and what that's Tim is saying right now, David, is that you're old, if you're listening. Yes. That's what I heard. <laughs> I... He's not, so it's fine. 
I put it on Instagram. I'll just tell them later. Yeah, tell them later. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for certain generations, jumping on video chats is uncomfortable. And now that's what certain generations, that's the only thing they want to do. Like, it's it's funny to me. It makes me feel a little old. I'm very much a Gen Xer. And I, I'm, so we're kind of tweeners. Like, I, I don't mind talking on the phone, but I'm also a chatty person. So I have a lot to say. Sometimes typing it, I'm sometimes I'm just like, taking too long. I just want to say it because I do. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I talk really fast. So if you're putting me on 1.5 speed right now. You are for real chipmunk mode if you're listening later on your podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think it depends on the people and the styles of communication. Um, one thing I have noticed with our global folks is that there are certain parts of the world um, like some of the folks that we have in India and Pakistan, Bangladesh, those kind of places, they're not real comfortable doing audio, uh, right. whether there's video or not, almost totally. never video, and they don't like audio. And I think that there is there are some cultural reasons for that. And I think there's also probably some language reasons for that. So they may be able to read and translate well. And, and, you know, communicate well in English in that way if it's not their native tongue. But speaking it, especially if somebody speaks quickly, um, you know, that could be difficult. So sometimes we do have to be flexible and and communicate in the style of our our team. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, part of my, like, anti-meeting, like, purely text-based is, is it does relate to what you just said, Stephanie, with global team members and, you know, English as a second language type of thing. But also I took some cues from Matt Mullenweg and, and the way the automatic is run. Um, and I mean, I'm, I know they still do meetings and stuff, but uh, Matt Mullenweg actually, I don't know if he still does this, but at one point he did, he personally would interview every new employee even before the team members that are actually going to be managing that that potential employee would interview them. So he would be like the first line and the interviews would be over text-based communication, Slack or whatever. Um, and the reason for that is like, that's primarily what they use for communication. So they wanted to see how a potential candidate would uh, communicate via text and if they can communicate effectively and, and, and all of that before they'd even have any other type of interview. And so it's just kind of interesting that like, that's the the world we live in today where so much communication is happening through um, chat apps and, and different things like that, uh, opposed to like a old fashioned, I'm calling it old fashioned, but a brick and mortar office physical location where you come in, you know, wearing suit and tie uh, for an in-person interview and stuff like that, where it's like, it's like, why would you interview like that if, it's a remote position where you're primarily communicating, <laughs> not with a voice or video. So anyways, uh, Miro's yeah, taken us old good. school. He says, who used ICQ? <laughs> do you remember your, do you remember your handle? Look, Miro, look how sad this is. Did you see their faces? Neither of them even knew what that was. That was like Negative. pre, that was like back in the old, uh, you've got mail days. This was on like dial up. This was an old. Okay. I don't what well, I grew up with AOL Instant Messenger, AIM, right? That was. Yeah, my this was jam. like seventh before. Grade. This was maybe before that. Yeah. Seventh grade. <laughs> Shut your face. Shut your guts. <laughs> Stupid. Millennial. Uh, anyway, but I think. Um, yeah. So the the communication styles change. This is so interesting, isn't it? How all of this happens. And then that doesn't even say anything about. Um, you know, time zones for, 
for meetings and things like that either. We haven't really even discussed. That's where the async stuff can really come in handy. Uh, do you guys run into any issues with async communication? I, I have one that I was thinking of, and that is where we've got some developers and some designers actually that I've worked with who work opposite me. So we really don't overlap. This is sort of an old setup and they, they work at night. And so here's a scenario that is a little bit frustrating and I'm working to remedy. They do their job. So say it's a design. I get a design the next morning and I have a meeting with the client to present it. And there's like one little thing I'd like to change. You got to send it back and have a 24 hour wait time and all that. And I end up just like, oh, just give me the Illustrator file and I open up and I make the change myself. That's not, I'm trying to not let myself do that anymore because that sucks me away from what I should be doing in my business. And so that's, that's a little problem that can, can have big ripples, you know, if yeah. you continue to do that. And as you scale your business and have more and more projects coming in, and if you're like me, you become a bottleneck. Yeah. because then you've got too yeah. many things waiting on you. And so, but then can you have a 24 hour turnaround time? You know, that's, that's a tricky one. But I, if you it, need so to that happens, change. that happened just today. So I wanted to present a mock-up to a client um, and I got the, the mock-up and there was, there was something I, I really wanted to change, but I have no clue how to do it in Figma. Um, and I don't even, have the access mm -hmm. level for, and I don't want to do it. And I just, I just said, and, and then I was presenting it via video anyways, because I'm out of sync with this, this client. Um, but they're fine with it. And I just said, so, and I just, you know, and this is something I'm going to have changed, you know, moving forward, but just wanting to get your ideas on this and this and this. So I just acknowledge it and, and move on. Cause it's not a final product. It's in a draft. Now, if it was a final product, that would be different. Um, but I think as long as you just say that, I, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. So that exact scenario is why I try to be flexible outside of my normal, like, you know, work hours where I'm on Slack. So as long as I'm not sleeping and I'm not like actively in the middle of something, like I will look at Slack and read messages and review, you know, mock-ups and stuff like that. That way I can say, Hey, you know what? Change this really quick. Or actually you misunderstood this, like go back and change it. So that there isn't that lag time. And that's just a choice I've made with my business where, okay, like I could set really strict boundaries where like outside of my normal work hours, I don't look at Slack, but all that's going to do in my mind is delay you know, certain things from progressing and stuff because I have team members on the opposite side of the world. Um, and so I've personally found that it's just helpful to kind of stay in a loop with, with Slack as, you know, team members are, are sending me stuff to review. Um, and most of the time it's fine. There's a couple of times where my wife will be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you on your phone right now? It's, we're eating dinner. And it's like, I know, I'm sorry, but my developer just sent me something. I need to get some clarification. Um, You're like, do you think the International House of Pancakes wife says this to him? <laughs> what? So it's so random. There's, <laughs> I was thinking there's about a, international really... businesses, and I could just think of IHOP was the only one I could really like come up with that said it in the name. <laughs> right, which probably isn't even international, are they? I don't know. 
Let us know in the chat if uh, so you I... live in a country outside of America and you have IHOP International House of Pancakes. Yes, please. This is really important pressing. It is. I have not seen it yet, but I'll keep an eye out. I'm going to go on a search tomorrow for one. I did find a Domino's <laughs> pizza. but Shocking. Um, you know, when I went so to I China, did, you know what is like the American one there is KFC. What? That's yeah, bonkers to yeah. me that that's like well, a global burger. brand. Burger King is everywhere yeah. here. And we asked our, we asked the landlord of both of our Airbnbs, you know, as we're, you know, meeting them, moving in, I asked him like, so where do you suggest to eat? And both times they're immediately like, oh, the Burger King is, and we're like, no, no, no we don't even eat there when we're in the States. Like, <laughs> where did you go eat Turkish food? And so anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. but I used to be the same way with Basecamp and I'd have it open um, until one of my kids asked me uh one time um what are you doing and it just really kind of bugged me um and then i i read a book called choosing to cheat and it's a really great book and it just says you got to choose you're going to choose to cheat you're either going to cheat on your family or you're going to cheat on your job but you get to mm -hmm. choose i don't know why they took that concept and wrote an entire book about it but they did <laughs> yeah. um yeah no it makes a lot of sense i though. just gave it there yeah and so it's just but i mean it, if you're if you're able to more power to you there are times i sneak a peek still to base camp um but not nearly as much as i used to yeah so. for sure yeah and I, for remember, me it's you like, guys me remember that remember that time at base camp <laughs> Does anybody else think that <laughs> i got the reference no, I didn't. yeah now okay. i will no <laughs> yeah um yeah for me it's like i'm always i always have slack on my phone so when i see a message I don't respond to every message, but it's more like I make a decision. Is it worth replying to this now no. or waiting yeah. until, you know, tomorrow morning or, or whatever and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, I totally get it. Like if like I, you don't yeah, want to be one of those. If dads, I see the notification. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I see the notification though, I've got to get in there and do something. And that's my personality. Just, I just have to make a clean cut. I cannot have it on my, you know, no, the notifications turned on oh, gotcha. or forget it forget it yeah i get that and then yeah. sometimes the notifications themselves uh like i have to keep it if i don't have a little number there like the little alert then i'll forget so if i know i can't deal with whatever it is i won't even look at the message i figure if yeah. it's that much of a 911 of an emergency they'll they'll um chase me down on they have a way to get if it's channel. if it's that critical yeah they can send me a message and and what's that so one of the other things about working with international staff, Stephanie, one of the things that you had said at the beginning was uh, the fact that you have to, if you're going to work with international staff, you have to understand a little bit about the cultures that are coming from and how people communicate different. Because I'll tell you, in general, people from Eastern Europe are way more blunt. And you'll think, mm -hmm. you'll get a message and think that the person is completely ticked off or they're angry or upset about something and they're not, or you'll, 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 you could be very easily offended because they're just very short and to the point. They're totally fine. They're just short and to the point. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm like that a little bit. Uh, uh, also there's the other notifications. Things... Uh, oh, have sure. you guys seen the Instagram account dude with sign where he's like holds up mm -hmm. a yeah, sign yeah, yeah. with like, uh -huh. It's really so relatable things yeah well one of them was let us mark text messages as unread 
Um, and I, I feel the same way about yes. Slack messages, you know, or whatever, any type of notification where you can read it, but then you can mark it as unread. That way you won't forget to respond to it later. Now in Slack, you can set up reminders, which Ooh, I do yeah, quite a true. bit. You just do a slash slash reminder and you can say whatever you want, or you can also tell um, Slack to remind you about a certain message. Like you could do the little drop down and ha remind me about this. It's like 30 minutes, one hour, three hours tomorrow, something like that. Yeah. And I do that a lot too, because then it stays front of mind and it pings me again. Um, Brenda uh, in the chat has a great point. Public holidays in other countries are rarely the same as ours. So this mm -hmm. is important for, um, it's actually extremely timely because guess what today is apparently? Australia, happy Australia, Australia day, day, everyone. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. I didn't. I've never heard of that. Boxing Day is one that sneaks up on me every year. It's big in like random places. Like it's not only in the UK, like in Australia, maybe the UK. I don't know. But also Canada, Canada. celebrates yeah. Boxing Day. So that's the day that's after Christmas. I don't remember. I don't remember because yes. I don't yes. ever write it down. Every year I'm like, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. And it's a big one too. Yeah. Whereas other days aren't as big. Like there's a Canadian Independence Day, but it's not like Independence Day in the US. Um. You know, so anyway, there's a whole bunch of different things. So that's a great point. You want to respect people's time and not expect them, even if you're not, it's not a full-time employee where you would be giving them paid time off for that. You do want to respect their culture and their family and their, you know, lifestyle that they do. Um, one of the things is that I also think about. Uh, so one of the first areas that people will often outsource to uh, overseas someplace is uh, VAs. We have a, there are t so many VA companies, developers as, as well, but there's so many VA companies that are in the Philippines. And I was thinking about the specific scenario of the 13th month. Are you guys familiar with this? I can no. see by your faces. No, no. So if you have, if you hire people in the Philippines, if you hire them on as on a full-time wage or part-time wage, I don't know, but they, there's a tradition there where instead of like a holiday gift or something like that, they actually get paid one month extra at the end of the year. And that's like a cultural thing that if you're not, <laughs> that if you don't do that, that could be very offensive. And actually they could be counting on that money to support their families and things like that. So there's so Is that many equivalent to like an end year bonus type of thing. I guess I don't, I think it almost was like a, yeah, end of year bonus, holiday bonus, but it's, it's sort of expected, whereas not everybody expects an, uh, you know, a yeah, it's kind of like tipping your server in the U S like that's expected. It's expected here and not other places. And it's rude if you don't do it here. And right. It's weird exactly. if you do it. Yeah. So that's something, and I don't, I don't particularly work with, I don't have anybody in the Philippines at this time, which not for any reason, I just, I just don't. But if you do, then that's something you should um, yeah, it's good enough. You should definitely research and look into to make sure that you're, you know, abiding by their expectations and culture. Now, what if you hire someone full time in another country? How do you handle holiday pay? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, that that's a tricky one for sure. Um, so I think I've started to, for example, uh, Shafak, my uh, support uh, person, um, longest standing employee, she's about to have a baby. And so I'm giving her a paid maternity leave. And oh, nice. that's something I've never done before, but I've never thought about it because I never had a right, pregnant right. employee before. And she's more than earned it, you know, working with the company for, for more than five years and stuff. 
Um, and so that's something where I, she wasn't expecting it, but she was mm -hmm. super grateful. And I think same thing with like paid holidays and, and stuff like that. I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's from my experience, it's not expected with remote employees, but when they do get it, it's, it's huge. Um, so I think what I plan on doing is establishing like, cause up until now it's kind of been like, you know, as it comes like, oh, let's do this, uh, where I need to get more official and, you know, here's the paid holidays for this year. And, you know, every employee gets this and, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, but up until now, it's kind of been just as it comes. Oh yeah. Take a sick day, you know, type of thing rather than having like an established, like, this is what we do as a company type of thing. Eric, have you thought about that at all? Yeah. So we just, we, you know, we've kind of adopted more the, like, uh, the Netflix, um, model in, and that is just, um, take off days when you need to, we, we don't with it's unlimited personal time off. So if it's a holiday and you're take it, um, you know, in, in, you know, Bulgaria and other Eastern countries, you know, a na somebody's name day is a bigger deal than their birthday. Um, and their name days are like a big, a big deal, you know, and we have two Bulgarian children. So we, we understand that. If you need a day off, take the day off. But if you're going, but you don't miss a deadline because of it. That's right. that's my thing. You know, just yeah. you can't miss a deadline. I need you to you you know what the expectations are. Meet the expectation. I don't care what time of the day you start working. It just if something's supposed to be done that day, it's got to be done, or you can't work for us. It's just that simple. Um, so that's I have a similar mentality. I I don't have um, yeah, like not not as much with vacation time or things like that, but like personal time or sick time, I have um, an unlimited policy on the honor system. And when we're at the size of businesses that, that we have here, we, you can definitely do that, obviously, because you can monitor it. You get to the point where you have a thousand employees, like you're going to have to put some restrictions on it, most likely. But isn't it nice to be able to do that? And the, the, the look on the faces of people when you tell them, I trust you to manage your time. If you're sick, you don't have to work. If you need a day off, take a day. You yeah. know, to be able to say that to someone, it's not like, to me, that's like one of the coolest things about being an employer and a boss is to be able yeah. to like do that. And yeah. that works for project work. It doesn't so much work for like, uh, like support, right? Where you need right. people covering it and there's always going to be incoming sure. tickets that need to be responded to within a certain amount of time and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, those types However, of employees are definitely made differently. We do have um, like multiple folks that work on for Focus WP who do our regular updates, and it's only one person at a time does them uh, every week, but they alternate weeks, and so we've just empowered them. Like if you can't do it, just get somebody to switch with you. We don't care. Like we don't care who does it. Just put it on the calendar. Who's going to be doing it? And so that's where it's not just you know, that's not paid time off or that's not, um, just you're you know, responsible vacation for day, but it's, but it's gives them the freedom that right. if they need to adjust their schedule, they can. And you, or they'll say like, Hey, could you film for me today? And I'll film for you in two weeks or, you know, whatever it is, they can, they can make those arrangements. So we just have like, I don't need to be involved in those discussions. Like I can just empower them to yeah. do that. And then, then that gives them freedom and flexibility and control as well, which is really nice. 
Yeah. And we may have to go to something down the road, more standardized, but what's interesting is some companies moved away from the unlimited PTO because they found out that people weren't taking time off um, because there wasn't this sense of, I have these days, I have to use them uh, like for vacation. And so people just weren't taking enough time off. Um, huh. And so I think Basecamp is one, I, I think it's Basecamp that moved away from it because their, their team just, nobody was taking time off. So. Remember that time at Basecamp when nobody took a day off? <laughs> Yeah, no, I could see that. And I think when you have that type of problem, that shows that you have a dedicated right. team that loves what they do, yeah. you know, because, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing when you have uh, team members, which thankfully I do, where you have to tell them like, no, you need to take this time off type of thing, like stop working and go, <laughs> you know, rest like it's late at night for you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you have, yeah. that means you have a really great team, which is cool because the opposite problem obviously is not one that's easily fixed. Be like, Hey, you haven't really worked much, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. probably not a good fit. <laughs> so we have, um, th there's, there's a lot of difference in these decisions based on the, the pay schedule too, right? So if you've got someone that is hourly and they want to take time off without getting paid, that's a totally different thing than somebody who is a salaried person, uh, what their allotment of time off or things like that are, right? So our, our um, setup in focus is as tickets come in, um, the, the staff, uh, whichever team they're on, like if it's development tickets, they come in and it goes into a, a task board in Slack and they can claim it. So it's not so much like they're on a clock at all, they are able to take or not take tasks as they are able, or if it's a task that they think they'd be good at or whatever. And the only thing that we had to sort of put as a standardization on it is that if you want to stay on the team, you have to take at least one task a week. Like you have to pick up one ticket a week so that you stay in the loop on what's going on with the team. You stay in communication, you stay sharp. And also like, so that we can maintain our staffing levels. Cause as our tickets increase, we have to add on more staff. But if you're gonna be like ghosting for three weeks and then come back and wanna take a bunch of tickets, like that makes it very difficult for us to have the staff at the right level so that everybody gets enough work, not too much, not too little and the tickets can get done fast enough. So that was one little thing we had to do where we just set a minimum and at a very attainable minimum, you know, nothing extravagant, uh, so that we could keep everybody sort of on the same page and and regular and things like that. So yeah, uh, we have a question uh, from Barry uh, for me, but I think we can all weigh in as well. Let me find it and I'll put it up. Oh, Barry, there you go. You want to read it? Yeah. How can Tim standardize all that when the legislation legislation around leave entitlements, paid sick leave, et cetera, will be different in each country? So that's a great question. Um, and that's the thing is, while I consider, I, I don't call them employees, I call them team members, um, because on paper, they're not employees. They're technically contractors. And so even though they work full time and they're part of the team and everything, they're actually technically, from a tax perspective, contractors. Um, and so, uh, so that way you're not, when they're employees, you do have those different things and that's a huge, crazy expense trying to navigate through legislation for other countries and stuff like that. Um, and I think for really big companies, 
they might have to to do that and have dedicated people that that review those types of things. But for my size of, com of a company, I can um, do it this way uh, at this point um, without having to actually have employees on paper. And even though they're technically contractors, like I said, I treat them like family and pay them well, treat them well, and that sort of thing. And you know, long term, it's a really great thing. Um, is that how it works for you guys too, Stephanie, Eric? I have, uh, we yeah. have an onboarding form. So I use it for both of my companies. I just have it rebranded on each site and they're, they have to fill in their, you know, contact information, all of that. We have to get certain, we have to, you know, certain things that we collect. And I have two forms on there. One is if you are in the United States and one is if you are not. And if you are in the United States, it's a W-9 which for those in the States, that's just basically a form where you fill out your tax ID number or your social security number or whatever, so that we show that we've paid you and you can pay taxes on that money. Um, and then, and, and whether that's whether you are a full-time employee or a contractor. And then there's another form. But wait, I can't remember the name of it. Full-time employee is a different form though? The W-9 is just to get your info, I think, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of the, yeah. the tax form. W-2. I know. And in the States, it's all these random numbers. It's like, if you're a contractor, that's a 1099. And if you're a full-time yeah. employee, that's a W-2. But they all, like, it make, it means nothing. It means nothing. It's just the random numbers right. that are on those forms that you have to fill out for people. So, And there's different things that go into both of those. But as far as U.S. versus international, there's another form. I'll grab the name of it. Um, that I have people fill out that, that that way I can document the money that I've been paying them as well so that I can show that on my tax documents at the, yeah, at like the end of the B, year. Is it, is it like BIN? Yeah, BIN mm -hmm. or something, something but like you're, that. Yeah. But your non-US team members are contractors, right? They're not employees. Correct. I don't, I actually don't have any full-time employees at the moment. I did have one, but they were in the US. So I didn't so we, run into that. Yeah, we're actually with Peter, who's from Bulgaria. He's actually doing some research. It's one of the things on our retreat agenda um, is figuring out we are going to have to start paying um, into. So how it, it, it's uh, his retirement and health care all get paid into the Bulgarian government. Um, and like, cause I asked him on his one year anniversary, I was like, okay, it's time to start talking retirement savings. Like, how do you save for retirement in Bulgaria? Um, and that's when we started realizing like, it's completely different than the United States. Um, so we're figuring out how to do that. And it may be me paying him the equivalent. I, I think it's going to be like, it's like $280 a month or something covers his healthcare and uh, retirement. Um, but instead of me getting all set up as a legal business, I just may pay him that and then he will deposit it into the proper things. I don't know, but that's one of the things we're working out. So you, there are things like that you may have to work through if you hire full-time team members that you want to take care of. Like, your full-time team members should have a retirement plan. You should be helping them with that um, stuff like that. So, yeah. I just pasted a link in the um, in the chat on YouTube. If anybody wants to see it, it's a W 
eight B E N form, <laughs> whatever that means. So well, I have eight B E N, yeah. Uh, so anyhow, that's the that's my little blurb I have on there, and I have a link to it. But you can just Google those things. Uh, I'll put it up on the screen here if you guys want to see it. Um, I don't think the link and then in the chat though. No, but it, you don't really need it. Just Google that, you know, and, and it'll pull up the links because I have a I link a W nine form and I link the other one as well. And then we just have everything on file um, for them. Now, one thing I learned that I will share it like again. I think it's pretty clear. Like I don't know that we need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. That like please check with your accountant and tax person and legal advice and all of that like no one literally no one should really take any advice from me on tax structure and anything like that but oh yeah um but i did learn and i thought this was important that uh, in the u.s again because this is the only place i have a frame of reference i wish we had our other our international folks on here to share theirs but um in the u.s if you control the um the the time that someone is working so Tim, like if you control your support desk folks, if you say like mm -hmm. you, you're supposed to be at your desk between this time and this time, then you should be giving them a W-2 and paying, you know, taking taxes right. out of their income, um, even if they're only part-time, which I, I didn't know that. I always thought that was more of a full-time thing. Yeah. And it's more yeah, when it's no, just a contractor that they have their own schedule and can work whenever is necessary. Those are the ones that in the U.S. we give yeah. a 1099 or a contractor yeah in the us when the workers in the us there's yeah different things that the irs distinguishes so there's a, a list of things one of them is is the time another one is like equipment and then facility and stuff like that so if if they're coming to your facility using company equipment and coming at a time that you tell them then like the irs would say hands down that's an employee you got to play got to pay the employee mm -hmm. taxes and stuff like that but when, where there's gray areas like okay well okay there's a set time because certain contractors right like you pay a uh you know contractor to um you know mow your lawn or something like that like and you have like a set time but it's like well but they're using their equipment and you know everything else and mm -hmm. um so yeah there's there's gray area for sure um and actually my wife worked for a company that in every single, like checked all the boxes, but was still trying to pay her as a, a contractor. And so she actually appealed it to the IRS because um, basically what the employer was doing was trying to pass off those employee taxes to my wife to pay as a contractor instead mm. of her paying it as an employee. And so that's why they have those rules is because otherwise the business you know is trying to get out of, of of paying taxes and stuff so yeah yeah i didn't really mean for this to all divulge into tax talk especially because we do have a global audience here but it's something True. that is unavoidable and something that is super important to discuss with um the experts that you work with to guide you in your business on these things if you don't know now robin has asked a question and I'm glad she did because it reminded me that Nancy asked it a little bit ago and I wanted to bring it up and it's talking about pay rates. Uh, when you hire offshore, are you paying US rates for salary or the going rate in the contractor's country? This is a, this is a biggie. Uh, I, I pay local. I, yeah, I pay local what plus a, a little bit more. I overpay a local, generous local. Pay US. Yeah, so I would say the answer is 
you pay them what they agree to work for. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Right. So like if 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 you're paying their local rate and they say, yeah, that sounds great, then awesome. If they say, no, I want to be paying more and then you can decide whether or not you want to pay them more. But I guess to answer the question in a more straightforward fashion, I'm with Eric where I, I start at the, the local rate and then, um, you know, go from there because two things. One is you want them to be stoked on their job and not just go to the next job that's paying slightly more, you know, that's a local place down the street from them. You want to give them something that they're happy with so that they stick around. Um, on the flip side of that, there is such thing as uh, paying too much, which sounds crazy, right? Um, and so if, and this is actually based off of uh, experience that David and I talked about on our podcast, WP the podcast, um, where early on David, and so I'm sharing his story, but he shared it on our podcast. So I have the right to do that. <laughs> um, he was paying. You really got employee. a thing for David today, Tim. Well, <laughs> a lot of our experience has been together because uh, we have another disturbing podcast. Said... What do you say? He said it's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, David was paying a contractor um, and he was paying him very generously. And then all of a sudden, the contractor disappeared and just stopped working. And through some investigative work, he determined that he basically just decided that, you know what, I've made enough. And, and then he just moved on. And so by overpaying, because uh, not everyone is money motivated, right? Like some people will continue to want to make more and more money, right? But um, some people, once they get that amount, then they're done. And so it's, you want to pay obviously a fair rate that they agree to that they're happy with. And then like Eric said, you pay a little bit more, keep them, you know, motivated and not going to split to the next job or whatever. Um, but like, you don't want to just be overly generous to where, you, Oh, okay. I'm totally telling David's story wrong. It was a end of the year bonus. So you gave him the bonus and after you paid him the bonus, he split. So mm. That's that's I that I have some other thoughts on the the rate as well. I think rather than um you know, I mean, when you say are you going to pay in US rates or somewhere else, the, there's a reason that it you know, that rates are higher in the US. It's not because people are more highly skilled. It's because it costs more to live here. Totally. So, if there is a, a lower um like cost of living in another place you can so you can maintain a cost of living point that that's what you pay so if you paid somebody in the united states you might pay them you know a, a standard cost of living plus a bit and so in another country you could do the same thing and it isn't like you're taking advantage of somebody because you're still giving them more than what they need to care for themselves and their families and also don't forget that one of the advantages of working with folks that are in other places is that it it can cost your business less money for the same or higher skill level and there is a handoff all of these things we've just talked about don't exist if you have somebody in the same country in the same city as you you know all of these issues with culture and time zones and yeah. taxes and all of those things so that comes at a cost that the payoff is that you can have a lower um, wage to pay them. So it's not, it's not a matter of, you know, this can be a real touchy one. Cause there are some people that feel very yeah. strongly that like, if, if any person is worth, you know, $50 an hour, then every human is worth $50 an hour. And it, 
it just isn't always that black and white right. but it doesn't mean you devalue them as human beings for sure right exactly and and i totally agree stephanie and i had a designer who i was paying and then he was trying to negotiate renegotiate salary and he basically quoted me the salary that he wanted and it was essentially like it was a good salary for a designer here in the US. And I was like, okay, first of all, I can't afford that. Like I cannot pay you that much, even if I like, you know, really wanted to, I just can't. And second right. of all, if I was going to, to do that, I would want someone that's down the street from me that can be on the same time zone and I can, you know, mm -hmm. he come over here and look over my shoulder as I'm pointing out things that I want done. And so there's a, a that benefit of being remote and, and, you know, that allows my business to grow and to hire people because I couldn't hire those same people in the U S just because the cost of living is so much higher. And so, like you said, Stephanie, it's not exploiting labor or anything like that. It's like, they're getting a really healthy wage for their own local area. Treat people. Well, like end of like full stop, like <laughs> make sure people yeah. are happy and can yeah. meet their needs. And, uh, we are, we're already, a minute over time, you guys, I can't believe it. But um, there is one more question here that I did want to pull up. Jordan Barnett is asking, what's your preferred method for finding a trustworthy VA or developer? How do you weed out the wrong people? This, I think, needs to almost be a whole nother episode. Um, you can find outsourcing companies. <clears throat> Jordan, I don't know if we've met. No, we have met. We've talked. But um, you can also, one of the best ways is to get into the Facebook groups and ask around and spend time in there and see what people are willing to give, what they do, you know, and then approach them. You can also go start on or other services like that. Uh, Eric and I were just talking totally about this. Totally cut out while you said, what was it? You can Which part? go to go to services oh. like. Oh, like Upwork? Upwork, okay. Um, I don't know if it, even, if it cut out for everyone or just for me. <laughs> Um, thank you. Um, Eric and I were just talking about this offline the other day, you know, where you can go and you can do a test project with someone and then you can hire them away from there, things like that. So there's lots of things. That's a real quick, short answer. Um, and I'm happy to go into that in a little more detail in another episode. If there's an interest, if you guys would like to hear an episode on that, please, please leave a comment either in the chat. If you're watching live, leave a comment on your podcast app or over on our Facebook page. Um, and speaking of, while you're doing that, how about just hitting the thumbs up button wherever you're at, maybe shooting us a review. It would mean so much. Um, guys, this has been a really fun chat. The hour flew by, even though we talked about like horrible things like taxes. Do either of you fellas have any final thoughts for anybody? Um, Quick final thoughts. <laughs> well, I guess to uh, Jordan's comment about weeding out the wrong people. Um, mm. first of all, sometimes you, you don't know, and you have to do a test project. Like that's really the best way is to actually work together. Um, but what I, I always like really detail oriented people, especially with designers and developers and stuff. And so I make sure that they're reading the entire, you know, it's not like I'm putting a novel in there, but I make sure that they're reading my instructions clearly because I'll put little, little Easter eggs in there oh, that I, I expect that. them to follow. And if they, if I don't see that immediately on their application that they've listened, You're like out. for example, like, you know, make sure that you email me with this as a subject, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And if that's not exactly the subject line, then they're automatically out because they can't follow basic instructions and they're not detail oriented enough to, to see that. Um, so yeah, 
that's what I have to say. About Lots that. of little tricks there. We did that too. We said um, we gave them a word that they had to put as their middle name because I don't care what your middle name is. And we let, had the middle name field and we had uh, said put like the word lemon or I don't know what random word we picked. And it was amazing how few people did it. Yeah. We tell them they have to tell us their, uh, they have to tell us in their, in their reply. Um, in the first sentence, they have to tell us what their favorite candy bar is. Mm. I like that. I'm a diabetic and I find that offensive and triggering, Eric. <laughs> well, don't work for me. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that because I feel like, uh, you know, rather than keeping everything strictly, you know, business and professional, it's like a little get to know you mixed mm -hmm. with like That's seeing nice. if they can follow instructions. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Thanks to everybody in the live chat. We had a super active live chat tonight. Thanks, of course, Miro and Carlito for being our moderators and keeping uh, the law and order in the chat. We will see you guys next week. Um, uh, I know Robin said she would love to have that discussion. Guys, if anybody else is interested, put it in the chat. And we'll do it next week for the topic. So, all right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.